Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have our next guest, Yana Baruda, who is the Director of Experiential Marketing at HashiCorp. Yana has been working with the community at HashiCorp for six years and has helped build, run, and scale many of their community programs. Today, she talks about the challenges and successes her team has had while pivoting their in-person events program to be virtual in 2020, and she shares her advice for companies doing the same. Thank you so much for joining me today, Yana. I'm excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. So first, I would love to dive right in. And if you could please describe what is HashiCorp and what exactly you do in your role there. Yeah, um, HashiCorp, we build infrastructure automation tools and we have six to eight, depending on how you think of it, open source projects. And that's actually how we got started. Now we have enterprise versions, but our uh, tools are used by millions of people around the world. And then me, I've been at HashiCorp for six years now. I've done it all. So I've I've built our different community programs, our events programs, different things like that. But now my team and I are focused on like our experiential, uh, our large scale conferences. Oh, right on. Okay. So you've kind of seen like a little bit of the whole community process and now into this big conference kind of aspect. Cool. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's beautiful, right? Building community, you're in it for the long haul, right? So to be able to the founders started doing community right in the early days, and then they brought us on to help continue that. But you're in it for the long haul, right? Like we did our first user conference in 2015, and to see those people that you know came in 2015 to now be core contributors or to be speakers or to be employees, right? So it's really cool to see the long-term impact of building community. Totally. And so now you're working on big virtual conferences. And I mean, obviously, this is kind of an obvious question, but how did you pivot your community strategy in 2020? So community building programs, or you have a set of online and offline programs and initiatives that that you do. So all of our online programs, right, our, our learn platform, our, our forum, our different like YouTube live programs, our pocket, or th- those things kind of kept going along really nicely, but it was all of our in-person initiatives that we were like, oh shit, really needed a hard pivot. So we were supposed to do three large scale conferences last year, one in Sydney, one in Amsterdam, and one in California. We were 6,000 people. And so we had to really quickly figure out how to transition those into you know digital experiences. Wow. That's a lot of people that are relying on those in-person events. And had you attended those in-person events prior to this? Like you've been to those events in person? My team organizes those events that we had to cancel, right? And, and we, the larger your programs grow, the, the earlier you start planning them, right? So we had four years of attendee growth and revenue growth. We were about to sign the Seattle Convention Center for 2023 and 24, right? We were expecting HashiConf, right? Our user group, our community conference would grow to about 10,000 users. And you spend about a year planning, right? So all of a sudden, you're like, okay, March hit, and we had to quickly really figure out how to unwind something, you know, our conferences, and then figure out how do you create really interesting, engaging online community conferences. And that's what we 
explored last year. Totally. Well, and the reason I ask is because like the feeling you get when you're at these big in-person conferences, that inspiration, that motivation, like I remember coming home and just being like, oh, I'm going to get so much work done and feeling so on top of the world. Like, how do you translate that kind of that like tangible excitement feeling you get in person? How do you translate that to virtual? That's a great question, right? That's something we're all trying to figure out. My biggest piece of advice is don't try to replicate exactly what you did at your physical events and conferences, right? It's, it's some of those initiatives and, and, and the way of doing things doesn't translate. So for us, right, we took a step back and we're like, well, why do people attend our conferences? So for us, it was really about education, right? It was about really great content and then about those community connections. And so, you know, we, and we just, based on those two things, we then, so we took a step back, those are two things, and we built the experience that way, right? So for us, we learned that we're like, oh, wow, we're actually running a TV show, right? We're like, oh, we're running HashiCorp TV. So we had really interesting, highly produced content, but that was still like, you know, relatable. Um, we had really, we called it the Hashi Cafe. So we would like live coding and interactive music and art, right? So at least we created these like really fun, we call them moments of play. And we ended up actually building our own platform. So we had like the stream, right? You had the broadcast piece. And then we built our own platform, right? That then people were able to create profiles and be able to chat and ask speaker questions, right? So we, we built in these different interactive moments and community connections. Again, digital events will never replace physical, right? The connections, the excitement, but we're at least trying in a virtual way. And I think that's really good advice too. Instead of trying to recreate exactly like the activity or the thing that people love, instead of trying to translate that to virtual, just like pick apart the why did people love that activity? What is the actual piece of that that they're going to take away? And then make that happen at virtual. I mean, I love the moments of play. What a great way to engage people, even from the comfort of their own home. Yeah. And again, it's, you know, we designed the experience, understanding that people are at home, right? Like my dog, right? She wants to go outside. You have your family at home. You have work meetings, right? So for us, we're like, okay, how do we make this experience with the fact of like understanding people's situations where they're at? And so that's why like adding these moments of play, right? Lightheartedness or just music that people could have on the background while they're going to make a cup of coffee. So yeah, it's about, you know, designing the experience for people's situation right now. So I'd love to hear what, I mean, so you've talked about some of the successes and obviously we all know the challenges, but what were you surprised about in this move from online to virtual? I'm going to still stick to positive. We learned a lot last year. I actually, I mean, I'm, I'm about to publish a book about it, wow. just our findings and our approach and stuff. Uh, it comes out next week, just plug. <laughs> but all of a sudden, these conferences became way more accessible to people. Like I mentioned, we were expecting 6,000 people at our in-person. We ended up with our two digital conferences having 25,000 people attend. Wow. So all of a sudden, right, something that is, I mean, attending a conference is expensive, right? Flights, the hotel, the food, being away from your family for that many days, the travel, right, trying to get time off work. And all of a sudden, you know, we did our European conference and we actually started at like 1 p.m., so more in the afternoon, so people on the East Coast, we had people from 100 different countries attend. So all of a sudden, right, like something that was inaccessible became accessible to so many people. And the content, it, it was super useful to people. So I think that was the biggest win. I really believe that moving forward, 
there will always be some type of digital experience. So even if we go back, like this year, we're still fully digital. Next year, we're going to approach hybrid. But at least for our programs, we we'll always have a built out digital experience because we, we don't want this to be unattainable to people, right? That's not how you build community. Totally. And like, this is the most global your community's ever been. I mean, you can say it's global all you want, but until the whole world attends. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool, right? We had these amazing heat maps where we we're like, wow, like you could see people, you know, from different countries attending. You're like, okay, this is, you know, this is why we did it. So I think that was my win and kind of learning from last year. That's so cool. So then my next question is about like your community team and how do you then translate that inspiration and the motivation that you feel at a virtual event or even in person before all of this? Like, how do you bring that to the rest of the year? How do you make sure that that engagement doesn't die when the event ends? Like I mentioned, right, community building has many different programs and initiatives. So, you know, we have our user groups uh, twice a year, but we do things like Hashi Talks and we have a user group program and we have a really amazing like learn platform we do different like webinars and we send like core contributor packs and we do like community celebration, right? So there's just a bunch of different programs that throughout the year celebrate our community and and make them feel like they're part of it or opportunities for them to speak or contribute to our open source. So it's, it's a year round thing. That makes sense. I think that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole conversation we're having about community is that there's so many companies where the a big event, the big conference or the summit is owned by the field marketing team or the events team. And really the community team needs to be a part of that conversation because they feed into each other. That engagement you get, yes, you're meeting acquisition goals and you're meeting sales goals and all this stuff with this larger event, but like this is how you drive the engagement for the rest of the year. And this is how you also drive engagement for the conference every year is through that community. I appreciate that. That's actually, I love uh, just like a little side note related to that. For example, one of our biggest initiatives is to increase like diversity of our speakers, right? At the HashiComps, right, our large user customer conferences, we end up needing more of like a higher caliber, right? But you're like, well, how do you get the experience? How do you get there? So we put in place like quarterly trainings and we also have our user group program and we have something called Hashi Talks, right? Which is more of kind of, It's on YouTube Live. It's actually happening right now. And so it gives people the chance to get a start somewhere, right? So it's like, hey, come speak at our, you know, kind of our little smaller events, get the experience, and then you can eventually, right, get get the experience and and build up to be able to be a speaker at HashiComp, right, which is like the gold standard of, yeah. Cool. And then you're also, you also play a much bigger role in that person's professional development. And then they become even more engaged and invested in your community. And it's just a win, 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 win. Amazing. It's so funny because I I advise early stage stars on community programs. And, you know, people are like, oh, I launched a forum or, oh, I did this one webinar. Oh, I did this one, what, you know, one event. And people want to know right away what the ROI is, right? And what's the return. But it's this like long haul, right? It, it, it takes years to build and engage community, right? It's, you know, from like the casual person just like learning about you to you have your regulars and then you have like your champion, your core people. That takes years, right? Like, I mean, we did our first user conference in 2015. And then, you know, a few years later, one of those people became like a multi-million dollar customer. Other people that spoke at that are now like uh, employees, right? So it, it, it's really cool to see or 
to see like the relationships that people build. I mean, we've had some people that have been to like 80% of our HashiCops, right? That people just love this conference so much that they come back and, and we get to know them, right? They, they're building relationships, they're finding jobs, they're joining HashiCorp, they're contributing to our open source projects. So it's, it's this like multi-year thing. And it's sometimes so, I mean, okay, honestly, Yana, I feel like we could talk for another 15 minutes about how do you keep your engagement going in a long-term community? How do you keep the fire going? But I need to ask you our final question now. Oh, wow. Is this already? Yeah, it's already. <laughs> this is so fun. I know. I know. I could actually hear you talk for way longer. But the last question, and this is what I ask all my guests, is what is a memorable moment you've had in your community? The reason I do community management, I've been in this role. I just, I love, I love people. I've always loved people, right? And we deeply care about people's experience, right? We deeply care about our community and people's experience. So for me, like watching someone come and experience uh, like one of our conferences, I think is really rewarding to me. We spend a lot of time in terms of like having great food and 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 making our employees accessible and and being accessible and portraying kindness and empathy, right? So I, I love like watching our community come and interact with the experience that we built for them and and the and the environment that we put together for them. So yeah. That's so cool. I think that's a totally fair, memorable experience because, you know, we talk this whole time, we've been talking about the community, the community as this whole entity, but you never forget about the face of the community, like the actual people who are in this space, who are getting something from it, who are being positively impacted. And when you see the faces of those people, that's when you're like, oh, yeah, this is why I love this job. That's spot on. Absolutely. Spot on. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Yana. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Beth. This is lovely. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. <laughs>